With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live, our final week without some type of football going on on the field, is coming to an end. John Schmelk, Paul Dottino with you as we ramp up for training camp. Our team-by-team opponent preview is also wrapping up today. Yeah. And sadly for Giant fans, we saved the best for last because the Philadelphia Eagles were the NFC's representative in the Super Bowl last year, something our good friend in front of the program, Dave Spadaro, I'm sure very much enjoyed. And we're going to talk to him today about whether or not he thinks they can do it again. Dave, you got Schmelk and mm-hmm. Dettino. I hope you enjoyed your last couple of months because the fun's about to go away. Uh, I, don't, I think it's about the fun's about to start because this is going to be a great division. And, you know, we'll find out about the Philadelphia Eagles. It was a, a, <clears throat> a wonderful ride to the Super Bowl, a very disappointing ending. And you find out if the team can bounce back. I mean, that's the big question in Philadelphia. A loaded roster and a team that <clears throat> has what you would think to be a very complete top-to-bottom top <clears throat> group. But um, <clears throat> I'm going to clear my throat here. Yeah, I, I, Dave, absolutely. Let me follow up there yeah, as you try to worry. gather yourself. <laughs> I got choked up yesterday <laughs> talking about the Cowboys, didn't I? <laughs> yes, so it's did. okay. <laughs> That's okay. Well, the Eagles, the Eagles were very exciting last year. So, Dave, let, let's start here. Yeah. What are the major yep. changes that Giant fans should be aware of that the Eagles made last this offseason so their team this year, maybe in what ways are they different than the team the Giants had to face two times last season? Yeah, I mean, first start of the coaching staff, two new coordinators. Ryan Johnson gets promoted from quarterback coach to offensive coordinator. Sean Desai comes in. Uh, Desai comes in from uh, Seattle. He runs the defense. A lot of new faces on defense, um, and really at all three levels. I mean, they lose Javon Hargrave, goes to San Francisco, uh, best contract in free agency. I mean, really got a loaded deal. Uh, and the Eagles, I think, they believe they got better up front with Jalen Carter, with Nolan Smith in free agency. New safeties. There'll be two new safeties on the field. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson leaves. Marcus Epps leaves, both of them in free agency. Two new linebackers. T.J. Edwards gone. Kaiser White gone, both in free agency. The Eagles anticipated losing those players. Um, but on that side of the ball, there are a lot of new faces that you got to get on the same page very quickly. On the offensive side of the ball, it's really very much the same. No Miles Sanders, who had a Pro Bowl season at running back last year, but the Eagles go out and get Rashad Penny in free agency. They trade for DeAndre Swift. They have Kenny Gainwell. Good situation there. And then the other change, really, is it right guard where Isaac Sayamalo signed to the Pittsburgh Steelers in free agency? So, I mean, there is always going to be turnover in the NFL. Uh, the Eagles, significant turnover with the coaching staff because of the success they've had and on the defensive side of the ball. So we'll see how the Eagles rebound from that. But I will tell you, it, it, by all accounts, certainly here, I'm, I'm at the Novacare Complex now, I mean, they feel like they have done a great job reloading the roster. Um, we also know that in the NFC East, there hasn't been a repeat winner since 2003-2004. So right when you think you've got it all figured out, you realize that in this division you don't. But I do think this, I do think this team on paper and kind of 
stylistically and mentality-wise, their mindset, they are prepared to make another deep run. I want to go to the running backs room, Dave, because you mentioned earlier we know it's now, I think, going to be running back by committee. I think. I don't know. Do they want someone to step to the forefront and be a 1,000-yard rusher like Sanders was? Or is it going to be more let's go with the hot guy, let's split the carries by the situation, and we're just going to try to have a good overall running game, and it won't matter if there's a Bill Cow. You know, Paul, I think that if Rashad Penny stays healthy, and that's a big, big, big if given his career. Yeah. I mean, the man has averaged 6.2 yards per carry. He's a beast. And I think really the Eagles look at it and go, all right, we just want to keep our guys healthy. We'll see who's hot. We don't care about the numbers. The offensive line's really good. The offense is complete. Whoever gets the call is going to make some, uh, have some success, make some yardage. I, 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 but I do get the sense, yeah, that it will be a running back by committee. I mean, there's just a lot of talent here. And it's not just Penny. It's, can you keep DeAndre Swift healthy? Uh, what role will he have as a receiver? You know, how versatile will he be? Uh, is Kenny Gainwell ready to take that next step? We saw him late in the season mm-hmm. and in that playoff game against the Giants really get to the next level. I, I don't and, – and even when Sanders was here, it wasn't like he was getting 22, 25 carries every game. There were times when he was the go-to ball carrier, but there were other times when they would spread it out. And Jalen Hurts is a really large part of this run game. Boston Scott does his thing. Uh, they've got a young kid, Trey Sermon, who was the second-round pick of the San Francisco 49ers. After a great career at Ohio State, they want to see what he can do. So, I mean, there's just a lot to work with in the backfield, and I really do think the Eagles look at it more on a game-to-game basis, week-to-week, as they put things together here. I mean, Nick Sirianni, the one thing that he really has done, and I think that the team believes in it, is take this, and it sounds boring, and it sounds cliche, and it is, the mindset of day-to-day, 1% better, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. If you say it enough, people start to believe it. Yeah. And I think that's where the Eagles are here. They, they, they know they've got a lot to work with here in the backfield. They know they've got a lot to work with with everybody touching the football. And I think it will be more of a ideally running back by committee. You know, Dave, I don't really have any many other questions on the offense from, from a personnel perspective. You guys are... Pretty much mm-hmm. look the same, and frankly, you're pretty loaded. So I'm going to ask you kind of a, a Jalen Hurts question here. He took a big step as a passer last year, jumped to 3,700 yards. To start the year, uh, he had more than 300 yards in you know three or four games last year, which is a step up from where he was before. Now that he's a new offensive coordinator, is there, and I'm not saying it's because of the new coordinator, but is there in your mind still another step to take for Hurts as a passer as he continues to develop in this Eagles system? You know, really where he got better was certainly in the pocket and throwing the football down the field. He got so much more accurate. And it hurt, certainly helps when you have A.J. Brown yeah. coming to your team. Um, so I'm not sure. Like, and I think the performance in the Super Bowl, four touchdowns that he accounted for. Yeah, not bad. Bringing the team back. Yeah, bringing the team back late in the game, 370-plus total yards. I mean, I guess the only thing you can say about him as a passer is minimize turnovers, which he, he did for the most part last year. He had a couple games, Chicago – for example, where he threw some early early interceptions. Um, otherwise, I mean, if you, if the offensive line stays healthy, if the wide receivers stay healthy, you know, the Eagles really should be able to give Jalen a nice pocket and opportunities to throw the football. So, um, But there's always things to work on. Look, and Jalen is his worst critic. He's a very level-headed kid. Even after getting the big contract, I don't think this will affect him. If he stays, he missed two games because of health last year. So staying on the field is imperative. Um, but I just see a player, and I've been here a long, long time, a quarterback on the rise, a quarterback who's got his the mental side together, who's driven like no other quarterback I've seen. Um, I just think the, I think the world of Jalen Hurts, and I think that as a quarterback in this league, he is one of the top handful of, of throwers, and, and that's really a testament to the work that he's put in and the work that the coaches have put in, uh, because there were a lot of questions about his game and about the mechanics and the accuracy and the timing, and Jalen has really, really come a long way. I, I'd love to stay on offense for just one more second. You mentioned the offensive line before. At some point, we all get old. God knows I know that. Kelsey and Johnson are the two guys on that line who seem to have been around forever. 
Is there even the least bit of question in the back of anybody's minds that these guys may start a decline, even though last year they were both really good? You know, Paul, I think you always have to consider that. And I think that's why the Eagles drafted Cam Jurgens in round number two in 2022. And Jurgens, a uh, super highly regarded uh, center, he will be the heir apparent. And when that happens, we don't know. Now, he's also competing for the starting job at right guard. So uh, that's your center situation. There's, a, there's depth there. There's a plan of succession at the right guard position. Right tackle, not as clearly defined. And we've seen when Lane Johnson's been out of the lineup mm-hmm. how the offense is impacted. And he had the injury late last season. He played through it when he came back in the postseason, played really well, had surgery, says he feels great, signed a new contract. You know, the hope is that he can still go out there and be the best right tackle in the game for several years to come. If not, I don't know if there is a clear-cut answer uh, although the Eagles did draft Tyler Steen in round three, um, he's going to compete at right guard initially, but he played on the left side at tackle at Vanderbilt, at Alabama, and so the Eagles think a lot of him. And they do really preach a lot of position versatility up front. I think, I mean, look, I, I, look I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the Eagles guy here, so I know the Giants fans are listening going, I, I don't want to hear this anymore, but the Eagles do have a lot of depth <laughs> along the offensive line, and they just, they just reloaded there. I mean, they... They're, they have a really good situation up front, and I think they are. Nobody wants to have injuries, but in a 17-game season, you have to prepare for that eventuality. Yeah, and we had the same conversation yesterday. We, we had Mickey Spagnola on, and Paul asked him about Tyron Smith, and he's like, well, then you just move Tyler Smith right out to left tackle. So it's a very similar conversation to the mm-hmm. one we had yesterday. Hey guys, it's Ray from the Bobby Bone Show here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Let's go! Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the hills to the trails all over. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander, with three spacious rows of seating, up to eight passengers, yeah. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer, check out amazing national sales event deals on RAV4s, Highlanders, and more. Visit buyatoyota.com. That's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Dave, let's jump to the defensive line. You, you talked about a changing of the guard on the offensive line. Well, I think we're starting to see that on the defensive line, right? With Jordan Davis, who's heading into his second year. Jalen Carter, who they drafted with their first-round pick this year. Are we going to see, and I know we did sign a pretty well-sized contract this offseason, are we going to see those defensive tackle jobs slowly transition to Carter and Davis and away from Cox as this season progresses forward? I, mean, I think that's the likely progression as they all share reps and the Eagles need more from Jordan Davis than he gave them last year had been playing pretty well until he suffered a sprained ankle midway through the season came back. And by that time, the Eagles had added Linval Joseph and Dominica Sue and, you know, kind of scraped things together, pieced it together, rolling through the postseason. Uh, but they do need Jordan Davis to step up and he looks great. He really came into camp in the spring in great shape. Um, first off season, you know, everybody says, you make that big jump from year one to year two, and I think that's the Eagles' expectation of Jordan Davis. Jalen Carter is, I mean, I don't know if you guys have watched film on him. Yeah, he's unbelievable. From a talent standpoint, mm-hmm. he's unbelievable. He's, he's incredibly talented. He's in a good situation. He doesn't have to come in here and be the star. He's obviously got some things to clear up from what happened after the season at Georgia. The Eagles feel like he's in a good environment here um, and that he can develop and play football. And if he, if he reaches that ceiling that, the Eagles have set for him, and I think that the rest of the NFL has set for him. I mean, the guy's going to be a dominating player. There's a long way to go from here to there. So in the meantime, the Eagles have a bunch of players. Milton Williams, a young defensive tackle, really came on. So they've got mm-hmm. some depth there. Contavious Street, they signed in free agency, uh, played with the Niners, played with the Saints, uh, did a good job last year. So you know, I think the idea is that they want to roll in a lot of pieces up front. Uh, Brandon Graham comes back. Fletcher Cox comes back. Derek Barnett, their first-round draft pick of 2017, <laughs> returns. Uh, so he'll play a role, too. And, like, Eagles fans aren't in love with Derek Barnett as a starter, 
but he's like your fourth defensive end, and that's a very good situation to be in. Yeah, I'd say. Uh, and we sat here getting ready for the draft, Dave, and I'm not – this is going to annoy Giant fans too, but they heard me say it for two months. I had Nolan Smith, I think, is the ninth best player on my draft board. Somehow, of course, he's sitting there for the Eagles and, like, pick 30. I don't know how that even works. How are they planning on using him? Because the one thing I liked about him coming out of Georgia, while he has the measurables and athleticism and potential to be a pass rusher, frankly, Dave, I thought he was just a great linebacker. He stopped the run well. He pursued. He was always in the right gap. So how are the Eagles going to use him? Do they see him as a 4-3 linebacker? Is he a guy that will be there? If on early downs, then they'll put him out on the edge to rush the passer on third downs, kind of like the Cowboys did with Michael Parsons when he came into the league. How are the Eagles going to use Nolan Smith? Because I think he's really talented. You make a great point, and I think some people don't take into account just how physical Nolan was at Georgia, yeah. how, he, how he set the edge, how he played the run. I mean, this is not a big, big guy. He's got some length, and obviously blockers want to get up on him and get into him. And he didn't allow that to happen. And just as impressive as his relentlessness was going after the quarterback and the ball carrier against the run, he was outstanding. So I think he's an edge player. I think they believe there can be some sort of uh, matchup challenges that they can present to offenses using Hassan Reddick, who had 16 and a half sacks last year, and Nolan Smith on the field at the same time and combine them with yeah, combine them with Fletcher and with Jalen Carter and with Brandon Graham and with Josh Sweat. And so, again, I think it's a it's a, an approach like you see in the NHL. Keep coming over the boards. Keep your guys fresh. Move them around so nobody can really lock in on them. Nolan's a very smart kid. Um, I think he's going to be a, an impact player pretty quickly with this team. You see, Dave, we could have had you on for 30 seconds because we've been telling people the entire offseason the Eagles have the best roster in the NFL. And certainly in the NFC, there's not a whole lot. NFC that, for sure. There's there's not a whole lot that you could tell us that's going to reinforce that fact. But I do have one big question mark on the defense, and that's Nicobe Dean. He led Georgia's defense when they were phenomenal in the NCAA's. Came in last year and was a backup, and now, unless I'm mistaken, he's going to be the starting middle linebacker. So. At the moment, even though we think he's going to be really good, and that's bad news for everybody else, we don't know quite for sure exactly what he's going to be. Fair enough. Fair enough. I agree with you. We don't know what he's going to be. He's not the biggest guy. It's going to be really important that he that the Eagles keep him clean, and that means those defensive tackles do an outstanding job occupying big guards and interior offensive linemen, and Nicobe can run to the football Highly, highly intelligent, prepares like no other young player I've ever seen, mature beyond his years. Uh, but he's a guy who runs through walls. And when you're whatever he's going to play at, 230 pounds, you can't run through a lot of walls for 17 games in the mm-hmm. NFL. So you got to pick you got to pick your poison here. But, um, yeah, there's no question. Look, they, they, again, I think the back end of the Eagles defense, if you have to look and say where are their question marks, you go linebacker and you go safety. And – those are issues that need to be worked out throughout the course of training camp and the preseason and early in the regular season. And that's where offenses are going to try to attack the Eagles defense. But you got to win against that Eagles front seven, and that's going to be a real challenge. I don't have any concerns about Nicobe from a standpoint of being ready, knowing where he's supposed to be. Uh, I just have questions about him getting up to speed quickly and then lasting an entire NFL season. Otherwise, He's a third-round pick who probably could have gone higher and nobody would have blinked. And the Eagles had the opportunity to kind of give him a redshirt year. He played a lot on special teams. He did a terrific job, and he's ready for his chance. And we'll see. Last year's draft class, Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean, potentially Cam Jurgens, is part of this 2023 draft class. They didn't play a lot last year. Mm-hmm. They're ready to go this, year, this season. And that just adds to a lot of depth on your offensive and defensive lines and throughout the roster. Yeah, and you, you talked about the secondary a bunch, Dave, so we don't need to do our, our full explanation there, but I'm curious what you've seen from a few of the young guys you have back there. Gritty Williams is somebody that has come over from Cleveland who had a lot of injury issues, but we know about the talent he had coming out of college. And then your two draft picks this year. I love Sidney Brown. I saw him as more of a second-round pick than a third-round pick. I thought you guys got great value with him in round three. And then Keely Ringo, who... I had my issues with him as a player, but in the fourth round, with that physical ability, I mean, you can't go wrong to see how you could develop him. 
How do you see those three guys fitting in, and what do you see from those three guys in the spring? And do you think they might be able to contribute a bit in this secondary, either this year or moving forward? Well, I won't comment really, and I don't think it's fair to, on what I saw in the spring, and I'll tell you why. After a Super Bowl season, you know, the focus was, let's get these guys in the classroom. Let's get these guys slowly back. It's a long season. I think fair one enough. of the challenges, really, for this team, this team is to come back after a devastating emotional and physical loss in a long, long season. So hard to say what I saw from Greenway. But look, at Cleveland, second-round draft pick, inconsistent technique, change in defensive coordinator, injuries, uh, a big time in his career. Can Greedy Williams resurrect himself working with Darius Slay, working with James Bradbury, working with Avante Maddox? He'll have an opportunity to do that. Sidney Brown, great preparation, hungry, uh, has a chance to earn – major playing time in a backfield that will include the likes of Reed Blankenship, who as a rookie last year played very, very well when Chauncey Gardner-Johnson went out with Terrell Edmonds, a former first-round pick in Pittsburgh, who started there for five seasons, signed here a one-year deal with the Eagles. Questions at safety. Sidney Brown uh, has a chance to step in early and be a factor. And then uh, the other player you mentioned was who was that third Ringo, player? Keely was, Ringo. Uh, Keely Ringo, yeah, big guy, 6'2", again, has a chance to come in and learn. I mean, if the Eagles are are playing Keely Ringo on the field, then that means he's been just lights out and he's better than two Pro Bowl players in Bradbury and Slay, or that that they're injured or they're taking a big step Man, I feel so sorry for you, Dave. I really feel so sorry for you to have those kinds of problems, don't you? Right, right, John? Yeah, look, I mean, I... I think it's, I think it's going to be great. I mean, I think it's a really good team. I've been around long enough to know how difficult it is to come back after the Super Bowl, oh. certainly after a Super Bowl loss. And the division's really good. I mean, the Giants are really good. The Cowboys should be good. I think Washington is going to be a much improved team. It is not, and the Eagles are a marked team. The Eagles are the hunted team in 2023 with a tough schedule. We'll see how they react. Uh, it's going to be a fun season in Philadelphia. Now, by the time the Eagles play the Giants on Christmas and then the last game of the regular season. All the unfamiliarity or all of the kinks will be worked out. Now, Brian Johnson was the quarterback's coach. He's now the offensive coordinator. How is that going to develop over time? How much input will he have to put his stamp on things? Or is this the Eagles' way, Sirianni's way, and Johnson's going to be on autopilot and with this offense? And by the way, Dave, you can talk about the D.C. in the same way because they have yeah, a new you guy can. in that yeah. room too. Yeah, I mean, look, I think Brian um, and and – Nick Sirianni and the staff will put together the game plan during the course of the week, and Johnson will call the plays. You know, the way it works is that they have a shave, a play sheet, they have situations. You know, they've gone through all of those during the course of the week. But Brian will have his opportunity to put his stamp on things, and he did a good job of that at the University of Florida calling the plays. Gators had a really strong offense. I don't see a huge difference here. I think the interesting part of the Eagles' offense will be how will they incorporate DeAndre Swift. To me, Swift is a – to a, le- to a certain degree, uh, Brian Westbrook, uh, um, uh, Darren Sproles, work him into the pass game kind of player who's explosive as a runner but also can create a lot of matchups in the pass game that the Eagles really haven't had that kind of running back in the past couple seasons. Certainly they didn't get that from Miles Sanders. So that's what I'm looking for in the offense. And and Sean Desai, or Desai in, in – um, in the offense, I mean, the defense, look, I mean, he's got a lot to work with here. He's got a lot of new faces. He, he was a coordinator in Chicago uh, years ago and did a good job there. Uh, was in Seattle last season. But he's going to have a new a new personality. Um, you know, the Eagles didn't blitz a lot last year. They, the hope is that they don't have to blitz a lot this year. You want to get your front seven to the football and play, play in coverage. But when you bring in Nolan Smith and when you bring in Jalen Carter and when you have these pieces – and you have some young players potentially playing at safety, that does change the dynamic of the defense. So, you know, game one is in New England. I don't think we'll see a whole lot from the Eagles defense before then. So it's going to be kind of discovery. It's the, it's the Patriots and then it's the Vikings and two offenses that can hurt you in different ways. So I think by week three or four, we'll learn a lot about what Sean believes and, and how this Eagles defense will function. And, you know, Jonathan Gannon – in Philadelphia, like they did a great job until the second half of the Super Bowl, and they couldn't get off the field against Patrick Mahomes. So how do you tweak things? What did you learn from that game other than Mahomes is just a great quarterback and Andy Reid did a fantastic job blocking up the Eagles' pass rush? 
but that's the copycat. That's what the rest of the NFL is going to try to do. Nick, pick, pick apart the Eagles. You know, uh, nickel and dime the Eagles' defense in the pass game. That's exactly what the Chiefs did so well. They ran motion extremely well against the Eagles. The quarterback was mobile enough to make plays, and the Eagles fell short in the Super Bowl. How do they rebound from that defensively with a new coordinator? Not a whole lot of time on the field, as we know, and a bunch of new faces on that side of the ball. You know, that I believe the defense has a lot of ground to catch up relative to where the Eagles' offense is. All right, Dave, final question, and I asked the same question at the end of the Cowboys interview with, with, with our buddy Mickey, our mutual friend. So I'm going to ask it to you as well to try to give Giant fans a little bit of hope after we've depressed them for the last 25 minutes about how good <laughs> the Eagles are. Uh, how long can the Eagles keep this together? We saw how they structured the Hurts contract, yeah. right? They pushed all that money back. We talked about some of the veterans. Jason Kelsey, when is he going to retire? You know, Lane Johnson's on a relatively short-term deal, if I recall properly. Darius Slay almost less this offseason. Bradbury's a little bit older. Fletcher Cox is older. Brandon Graham is older. So I know it's nebulous, and it's hard to really say, oh, this is what the window is. But when do the salary cap machinations maybe start catching up with the Eagles and the older guys retiring where their, what I'll call, I know it's only been one year in a row, but their quote-unquote stranglehold on the division will begin to kind of loosen a little bit? You know, I, I think um, that the salary cap part of it is mitigated a bit. This, the contract is signed. They've structured it. They know what they're working with moving forward. They know that the salary cap in the NFL is going to go up exponentially year, yep. out, year over year. Um, and the Eagles are always just really good at working the cap manipulating. Jeffrey spends a lot of cash. I mean, they just really have a great formula with an owner who is who's focused on winning football games. And so I don't really worry about that part of it. I think if you draft well, and this is where it comes into play, the 2022 draft and the 2023 draft, mm-hmm. if, those, if Jordan Davis becomes a standout player, if Jalen Carter becomes a standout player, if Nolan Smith becomes a standout player, you know, this is at Cam Jurgens if he replaces Kelsey whenever that happens adequately. And, and last year, I'm telling you, in, in preseason, Cam Jurgens was a star, outstanding. So if, if all those players step up and replace and you're still strong on the offensive and defensive lines and you prioritize your free agency and you keep the roster l- largely intact, I think the Eagles can be in a really sustained period of success right now. They've got the quarterback. They've got the pieces around him. They've got the line of scrimmage. Um, and they're drafting really well in these last few years. So that all portends to a, quite a long run, a, little, a long little window here for the Philadelphia Eagles, as you know, as the, as the Giants found out last year, when your quarterback performs, you are a postseason team. You can beat anybody. It took a while for Daniel Jones to mature and to come around, mm-hmm. but now you feel like you feel like you can be in the game every year. That's how the Eagles feel with Jalen Hurts and the pieces around him. So I think it'll be a sustained period of time. I've been here since the Andy Reid days when they were really good and went to the all the NFC Championship games. Um, I just think these teams are better positioned, more firepower, better receivers and potentially, in Jalen Hurts, a better quarterback than Donovan McNabb. Very strong words. Dave Spadaro, Philadelphia Eagles, works for the team, covers them for the team side, all the other stuff down there. Good stuff, Dave, and we'll see finally this year if we can start, stop giving that stat about a new division winner in the NFC for the first time since 2004, whatever it was. Yeah. Merry Christmas, and, and Dave. Again, we'll see you then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Once again, we don't, we don't see the Giants until the end of the season. Good luck to all you guys uh, between now and then, and hopefully we can – Finish up this NFC schedule in rip-roaring fashion. Have Be fun. Well. Have fun, brother. Take care, guys. Dave Spadaro, PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Great job there. Um, and this is why we talk about the NFC East, and they have three, besides the Giants, including the Giants, four very good teams with talent across the board. And if Washington, if, if Howell can somehow become a good quarterback for them, Washington's no. got a really good team, too. Yeah, I, I think the words depth chart for Philadelphia, though, makes him and a lot of people in Philadelphia very comfortable because even if a few of these guys uh, perform as older players and start to decline, they've right. got so many guys behind them who they believe could potentially be the answers that the Eagles in their minds, again, uh, we know the cap is going to go up. Unless there are some significant problems along the way, this team is good for at least three years, John. Paul, here's the thing. Look, and I'll be say it very simply, and then we'll get to your calls. I know Giant fans are probably tired of hearing about this. So, last year, the Eagles drafted Jordan Davis in the first round. Yeah. Barely had to play for him. He played like 40% <laughs> of the snaps. Last Red year, shirt. they drafted Cam Jurgens in the second round. 
Didn't have to play for him at Red all. Shirt. Good player. Last year, they drafted the Kobe D in the third round. Did not have to play for them at all. This year, they drafted Nolan Smith in the first round. Not going to start. Probably. I mean, maybe he'll be a situational player, but he's not going to be a 90% player, right? This year, they drafted Jalen Carter in the first round. He might not start. He might be behind Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox, for all we know. They drafted Sidney Brown and Keely Ringo in the third and fourth rounds. They're not slotted to start this year. So, he, you know, I think Dave's last answer was a really good one in terms of the cap. And this is why this is why we spend so much time on our draft prep, folks. Ooh. This is why it's, I think, what we do best and what we really focus on all year round. If you draft well, it solves so many problems for you. Mm-hmm. And it really makes building a team, frankly, possible. Because if you don't draft well, it's really hard to build a team. But it makes it a lot easier, too. You have to draft well, and that's what the Eagles have done. They're in a position where, and I better make sure we end that NFL Today music, because for some strange reason... you got to be not, kidding me. I saw the name on the phone. I did, not, I did not have the volume up. Uh, or I did have the volume up. That was the problem. <laughs> uh, NFL Today, 1982 theme, by the way. Uh, here's the thing, John. Even if their most important player and that is the quarterback, Jalen Hurts, should somehow turn into a pumpkin with that roster and that depth chart. And his ability to run the ball, Jalen Hurts, because because that's not going away. No, it's not. But let's say he gets hurt because he's running the ball. Marcus Mariota can come in and game manage this team to a division championship. Think about that. Yeah, you're probably right. He can. No, you're probably right. This team's that deep, that well-rounded, Mariota could win the division with these guys. I'm a little irritated. I wish the Giants got them a little bit earlier in the year when their defense in that back half is maybe still figuring things out a little bit of linebacker mm-hmm. safety. Because by the time the Giants get them in December, they probably will have things figured out by then. The only thing you might say in uh, contrast to that is if Philly is already in good shape and they're not necessarily playing for a bye or a seed or anything like that, especially the last weekend of the season. Maybe by then we run into what we ran into last year where the Giants are playing them and they don't have a ton to play for. And, you know, you're able to get an advantage that way. But other than that, I agree with you. I would have rather played them earlier. The a Eagles lot earlier. do not get an NFC East team, or they only get one NFC East team in the first seven weeks of the year. They play Washington in week four. Man. Four. So they get to start the year against the Patriots, Vikings, and Bucks. Now, those aren't bad teams now, but they're not upper echelon teams. They get Washington in week four, Rams in five, Jets in six, Dolphins in seven. And by the way, it just shows you how tough the, all these NFC East schedules are going to be because you're playing the AFC East. Then they start getting NFC East teams. They get Washington in week eight, yeah. Dallas in week nine, and then they close the year against NFC East teams, Dallas week 14, Giants week 16, Giants week 18. Well, see, we know the Giants' schedule is kind of loaded up front. I think in the middle to the back end for them is where it gets hard. They're playing San Francisco, and they're playing Buffalo, they and get, they're playing no, Kansas City. They have, right? listen to the string of teams. Week 9 Dallas, by Chiefs in 11, Bills in 12, Niners 13, Dallas again in 14. And then even Seattle, which may be tough again. Right. I think, is that in Seattle? And that's at Seattle, okay. which is always a tough game. So And then they get the Giants. So that is, you're right. They better build up a little bit of a cushion there because it's going to get very, very. Now, they get the Bills and Niners at home, which will help a little bit. Yeah. But those are, and include Dallas, I think. How many games did the Bills win last year? 12? 11? Double digits. And the Niners won double digits, too. So you're looking a stretch of five games there and then throwing the Seahawks. I think, did they get to 10 Seattle? No. No, they were nine, right? <laughs> so five straight games here, you're playing five teams that won at least 11 games or more last Yeah, year. and then playing Seattle and the Giants, who, also who were, were playoff teams. teams. That's correct. Okay, so that string that you just mentioned leads right into Christmas when they play the Giants. Mm-hmm. So, again, if you want to look for any kind of silver lining... That will be the toughest part. That will be the gauntlet, if you will, of Eagles' schedule right before they play the Giants. Maybe they get softened up. Who knows? But that would be something you'd like to lean on if if you could, if you were Big Blue. One can hope. One can hope. But they're a good team. Dallas is a good team. Giants are a good team. 
Washington's a very talented team. It should be a heck of a race for the top of the NFC East. Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. All right, 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513. Pardon me, i got to get our caller sheet up here very quickly with our copies as well. Don't forget, go subscribe to the John Suttle Podcast, everybody. We're doing our player interview series, uh, what just went up on the website. I don't think it's up on YouTube yet, but it's up on the site. Our interview with the linebackers, we have Bobby Okereke, and I did about eight minutes with Darian Beavers, and he was... That guy is ready to play football. Let me tell you, he is <laughs> pumped to get on the field. Wouldn't so make you be? Sure, I would be, absolutely. So make sure you go check that out. Earlier in the week, we did special teams. Then we had the Eli Manning interview as well. Remember, it's now all brought to you by Citizens. Proud to have him on the Giants Huddle Podcast as a sponsor. And Eli was really good talking about the offense and kind of how you try to develop more explosive plays. So make sure you go check that out. Giants Huddle Podcast. Search for it on your favorite podcast platform, the Giants mobile app, or go to Giants.com slash podcast. And for all of our podcasts, if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave that five-star positive review. That really helps us out. All right, let's go to, oh, shocking. Marty and Manahawkin will lead us off, and guess who he wants to talk about? Hi, Marty. Hey, how you doing, John? Hey, What's Paul, up? how are you? Hi. Hey, uh, I know the negotiating window they said is over for Saquon Barkley this year, but they're saying there's two other moves they could make with him. Uh, one has something to do with... Uh, you know, saying, I don't know if it's a promise that they won't tag him next year for something. And then they said there's also another move that they can make that nobody uh, has ever done it, but it, it can be done. And uh, they've never seen it done, you know, in, in the NFL yet, but it is available to them. Do you, do you know what that is? You don't have any more details than that? <laughs> Look, here you go, Marty. No, I, I was reading it. I, I was reading it. I think I. Actually, I think it was Patty Trainer that that dug that up somewhere, and she's usually pretty good with yeah. But with what? Stuff. But uh, what's the option? You just said it's an option. What's the option you're talking about? I don't know. That's what I'm asking you. <laughs> but you didn't mean, it wasn't it, was, it wasn't in the article. All right, all right, no, Marty. Here's 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 what I can even... answer. Here's what I can answer. You can, if you so choose, a player at this point can come in and say, you know what. I'll sign the tag, but I want to promise from you you're not tagging me again that second year, which you are eligible to do. That has happened in the league before. But usually it's part of a larger contract. So Because Dak Prescott, for example, signed that three-year deal with yes. Dallas, and part of that was that Dallas cannot tag him next offseason when Correct. he's a free agent. But Correct. usually that happens with a not-on-a-tag deal. It, it's not usual. But it can happen. It's possible. And by the way, he can sign a one-year deal for more than the tag yes. also. But it has to yes. be a one-year deal. Yes. Which, what's the real incentive to do that if you're the team? 0.0. Right. Unless you just unless that gets him in here and makes him happy. Okay. So, yeah, I'm wondering, if that's, in I'm terms wondering of, if that's a second option. Well, in terms of possibilities, yes, there are possibilities. I mean, you could also rescind the tag. You, know, you can also trade the player. Absolutely. And, and that's pretty much all your options. I mean, what it really comes down to, Marty, is this. Yes, there are many times legal options where, okay, you could do that within the rules, but most of those things are not practical, probably not very likely. That's correct. And that's why we really don't talk about them. But yes, there are a couple of things that we just discussed right here they can all happen, but what, 1% chance? Odds are he signs a tag and he's just here. That's the more likely scenario than anything else. And I know he stripped all the Giants from the social media accounts, whatever. That's just, you know, basic modus operandi for NFL players. Players do that all the time. They do. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, I, I, I appreciate the answer. I was just curious, and, you know, I kept seeing it, and I nobody explained it. But now uh, you, kind of, you kind of laid it out pretty well. Thank you, Marty. Take care. Let's go Thanks, to guys. Cliff in New York. He joins us next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hi, Cliff. Hey, guys. Thanks for everything. Uh, listen, uh, <laughs> I was glad you mentioned the – emphasized again the importance of the draft because uh, we've been getting better in the draft since 2018 and we've been getting better in the draft every year since 2018. And um, Hey, look, Cliff, uh, we, we, we've said it a million times. The reason the Giants, the main reason the Giants have took that dip from 2013, uh, 2012, the Giants yeah. still won almost 10 games, right? So from 2013 to 2021, is because they had a span of period from like 2013 to 2017 where they did not draft well, and that's right. how the roster became depleted. Mm-hmm. Right, and the and the, uh, the there was also a seminal event I thought when we couldn't re-sign Osi that didn't help either. But the draft was more important than that. Well, I'm sure. I am a huge Osi Yermanura fan, but the truth of the matter is, when he went to Atlanta. He did not do a whole lot for them. Yeah, he was kind of toasted no. at that point. He really no. did not. So please no. don't don't throw that out there. Okay. All right. Yeah, he, his well, production really went downhill significantly with the Falcons. They moved him to stand up linebacker most of the time too. Well, they went to three four, right? Yeah, it yeah. was it was it was not a great time for him with the Falcons. No, but 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 his effectiveness with us had a lot to do with who he was playing alongside, also. I thought, you know, I mean, he was great oh, that, by himself. It's always but, part of it. It's always part of it. Yeah. But don't don't go to the OC thing at all. That would all right. be relevant. It just it just seemed like a big letdown. He was he was like he was like a you know a very special inspiration at the time on that side of the ball, and it just seemed like a letdown. It doesn't mean if you if you him. want to point to one big move that really kind of depleted the team in a place they couldn't lose talent, it would be trading JPP. But the problem was at that time. They were in a very bad cap situation. And JPP, frankly, had not played well that prior year, and he was coming off the hand injury. They did not want to take the risk of all of his injuries. And it wasn't just his hand, John. He had a knee. He had a yep. back. He had a shoulder. He I was so badly banged up that I they were like, you know, the risk-reward here with his medical situation isn't worth it. Yeah, and frankly, I don't think they thought, and frankly, we didn't think either at the time. We said it on the show that he had that many or no. any good years left. He and made- he ended up bucking that. That that theory. Nobody. That's right. I don't believe That's anybody right. were... thought he would have lasted even more than two years in no. this league. And, and look, he beat the odds. Yep. And God bless him because he's a hell of a guy. And we were wrong. And I'm happy for and him. We were wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. He 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 beat the odds. He beat yeah, the he odds. Yeah, he was the other. He he was he was similar in that regard. Absolutely, and 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 similar also that it couldn't have been any different. So it's back to the draft. Clip, but, but I'll say this uh, too: it's always better to get out a year early than a year late. Just look how yep. Bill Belichick ran the Patriots mm-hmm. for years. It's better to mm-hmm. get out early yep. than to get out late. Yeah, but I'm glad we mentioned uh, uh, you know 20 starting 2013 because I um, I, I, I liked uh, the post uh, yesterday about the uh, the offense our offensive line and the bottom line is it's young you know it's it's very promising it's much better you know and and what what happened was um, there was a posting uh, about a year and a half ago a video on the website of. Uh, of a conversation among the offensive linemen from the championship teams in 07 and 11. Yep. And at the and at the time I got motivated to look up how much time those guys had when they were on those lines and they were all, you know, more than 3 years except maybe for Kevin Booth. I don't have it with me, but yeah. um the, 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 you know, he was a rookie on one of those teams, but everybody else was the deal had been around a long time in O'Hara and and, um, well, Booth had come uh, over from the Raiders and hadn't played very much, so he wasn't really a rookie, but he was green. Yeah, in, in, uh, on, on the 2017, I think I was talking to Kevin about this the other day. He played around, I think, seven snaps in that Super Bowl, and most of it was on special teams right. block. And I he believe started the second return. one though in yeah. eleven. He was the center. Okay. Boss had gotten hurt, and without Booth playing center down the stretch, uh, that team does not win. Right. Well, when I brought that up on a call at the time. Uh, Jeff's answer was those guys didn't get hurt. You know, I mean they they played I together do. for a year. I mean, Kareem McKenzie never missed games. Love Kareem right. McKenzie. Yep. So we State. have all those guys. 
So I'm thinking uh, I want to give those guys a break and, and give give them I want to give those guys time to, to get better as much as they need. I don't want to I don't want to crack on them at all. I think they're great and they're doing and they have a great coach. They have continuity with the with the with the uh, line coach and uh, Bobby and and um, um, so I'm thinking that while the offense is uh, getting better in that regard, I'm 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 hoping the offense can benefit more from complementary football this year. Uh, because of uh, C- Coach McGahee getting more ingredients for his gumbo, and for the de- and for the defensive guys uh, that we added, uh, both in the draft and and in free agency, you know, are v- very very promising uh, for for improvement there. So maybe we get the ball in better field position. Is that how complementary football works? Is it only that? Yeah, but look, and I'll just say this too. And Jeff Eagles isn't here to thwack me on the back of the head for this. Though Paul might in instead. Special teams now with all these new rules, it's just not as important. The punt stuff's important, putting people inside the 10. But with the kickoffs, it might affect you one or two games here or there. It just isn't as big of an impact anymore. Yeah, the kick, the new kickoff rule is is throwing a little bit of water on that. I, I would agree with that, John. I I have valued specials usually more so than you Oh, you 100%. Have. Yeah, for sure. But this rule, we all need to find out exactly how it's going to play out. Yeah. But... I think it's fair to say it will water it down some. Yeah, because if a team wants to take a touchback, they'll take a th- they'll take a touchback. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll take improvement on the punting game alone on both yeah. sides. I think. I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, Jeff. Would... By the way, Cliff. Just real quick, one nugget from that special teams uh, huddle podcast that came out on Wednesday. I was talking to Jamie Gillen. I'm like, so where are you trying to knock the ball down? You know, when he's punting, what are you aiming for? He goes, I'm always trying to land it between the eight and the ten. Mm-hmm. That's his goal. So if you're watching, folks, and you're at home, and when the guy gets under the ball looking for a fair catch, if he catches it at the eight yard line, that's exactly where Jamie was trying to put the ball. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, uh, they re signed him. You know, I'm sure they evaluated it very thoroughly. It was hard for me to tell how he was doing, frankly. Uh, um, but uh, it, it can't hurt. I always wondered, by the way, I don't know if anybody ever dug this up, what Tom Brady's average starting field position was in his career. I don't. I don't think it was the twenty. You know. <laughs> I mean. I mean. Uh, Jackie Slater is still there. You know. Did he I care? Mean, uh, is the more important question. <laughs> not and and not Jackie and not Jackie Slater. By the way, right? D- different Slater. That would be Matthew Slater. Correct. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Yeah. Jackie played for the Rams. Yeah. yeah. Well, as far as the Eagles went, um, you know. Uh, I, I had at first thought it was great that we got them late because our rookies would be more experienced by then. They like to call rookies uh, no longer rookies mm-hmm. by then. But then I got but then I got taught on this show about the rookie wall, and uh, that has to be taken into account too. If they're if they've been playing all season and it gets yeah. to be the end, bye week isn't until it. thirteen. Yeah, yeah. that's a long, long time now, the for these giants to wait. Is that these co- these rookies now have played more games in college if they're with big programs because of all the extra playoff games or bowl games if you're on those playoff teams? So maybe mm-hmm. it'll help you a little bit. Yeah, well, uh, I think the uh, the Eagles' coaching is 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 not as good as last year until proven otherwise. I mean, no, that, I agree that, with that. That's a, yeah. that's a pretty big challenge Don't there, worry. and that that's. That, yeah, I, I think they I think they could be in for a rough ride very easily, frankly. And I think the core of the team, the team, their team is still Andy Reid guys. That, that, that's who those guys are in the front. And I think it was more than just drafting those guys on both sides. I think he, he the the the, the, um, the guy from Philly that you just spoke to referenced that it was more than just drafting guys. Andy Reid laid some kind of a foundation for the way you deal you have lines, and he seemed to be the best in the whole league at, at doing that on both sides of the ball. And it, He's, his legacy is is still there. I mean, there's, there seems to be more to it than just who you pick. Sure. Well, I, I thank think you. Cliff. Appreciate the call. Yeah, I think he needs to give a little more credit to that front office. I mean, Andy Reid's been gone now for a while mm-hmm. and has done a great job rebuilding the Chiefs uh, and the front office of the Eagles, including Brandon Brown, who has now come to the Giants, is in his second season as assistant GM. Uh, you can't say enough about what those guys have done. You mm-hmm. can't. No question. All right, let's go. I'm going to go out of order here because he's calling from overseas. Let's go to Steven in Barcelona, and then, yes, man, we'll get to you in a second. Steve, what's going on, man? Oh, not much. Not Hi. much. It's, it's like weird. I'm watching it on the computer, and, and the phone is ahead, so I was kind of, like, uh, screwed up there. But, uh, <laughs> I, I uh, yeah, it's been a little while since I talked to you guys. Um, 
you know, I'm just wondering, with Saquon Barkley, you know, I, you know, I, I love the guy, but I think he really goofed it. And uh, I just think that I really don't – he gets injured all the time. I just I can just about guarantee he's going to get injured again, you know. And uh, I just don't know why he did what he did. And uh, I mean, look, Steve, you know, he's, he's, he's betting on himself. Yeah. He's betting that he's going to have a big year and then he may be – He'll get that multi-year deal next year or something like that. That's that's the explanation. It's the only one, to be quite honest with you. Right? Yeah, but it doesn't yeah. make much sense. Yeah, I mean, well, he's, he's, you know, be I, that I, as I it may, know. Steve, Here, here's the thing, okay? The Giants will be better off if he does play a full season, healthy, and kicks butt again and goes back to the Pro Bowl. And be best thing for him too, obviously. Without a doubt. Yeah. I think that both, would be the best thing for I think everybody. Everyone's aligned that when Saquon plays this year, they want him to be awesome and be healthy. I think that's fair. And that's about the only thing that you can say with hundred percent certainty, confidence, and intelligence. Yep. That would be great for everybody. So why don't we just agree on that and move on? Well, yeah, I just can't understand why he did what he did. I mean, I mean, you know, and I, I can understand what the Giants did too. I mean, I don't know, you know, a, you know, there's there was a, a drop dead uh, amount that uh, they were going to pay, you know, and, and uh, you know, I'm just, I don't know, I'm shocked by the whole thing. So I don't know. Um, I mean, look, I just, look, yeah. Steve, please understand this. Negotiations mm-hmm. between teams and players have gone on since forever. And it only got more complicated when the cap came into play after 93. Okay? That's just the nature of the way the game is. The business part of the game has a bigger and bigger impact on what you see on the field. That's it. You just have to understand that that's part of it. It's kind of like a little kid, five-year-old kid sitting at the table, wants to eat his hamburger, and then his mom says, you got to eat these peas too. You may not like the peas, but it's part of the meal. you got to eat it. I don't yeah, like it. I, I know. I, just, I don't. I just think he made a such a big mistake. <laughs> I, I think that even if they, you know, I think they should just give him the, the eleven million and let him and let him uh, walk and promise him not that they're not going to tag him again. Because to be honest with you, I don't think anybody else is going to sign him for more than, than than eleven million next year. Even, even if he has a great year, it just it just looks terrible for for the running back. So you know, I just it's insane what he did. I don't know. You know, I just. If you guys you know agree or not, I mean, I mean there's nothing really else to say. Yeah. And Stephen, by the way, just on a total side note, so yes. my, since you're in Barcelona, yeah. I could talk to you about this. So my wife and I went to the city a few weeks ago when we were both on vacation, and there's this place at the bottom of the new uh, office buildings on the west side where it's all like Spain-based food. And I had patatas bravas for the first time, Steve. They are delicious. Okay. I love those. And, I, and my wife, who spent a year abroad in Barcelona, told me she's always having them there. They're in Madrid. So I just figured I'd throw that out there. They were fantastic. <laughs> okay. Now, where, where was this place? Tapas bravas? Where was this place? No, no, no. The, okay. the, the name of the dish is patatas bravas. Have you had that in Barcelona? No? Tapas bravas. You mean the name of the dish? Yes. There's so many tapas, tapas that I don't Patatas know. Patatas bravas. Yeah. Basically, it's like fried potatoes. They're kind of like French fries, okay. but they're thick, so that's okay. why I know Paul would like them. And then you kind of have like this like spicy type of aioli on them. They were awesome. Well, I wish you guys would have told me you were coming, you know, because I, I've called a few times, you know. Cause no, I no, no. We weren't, we weren't in Barcelona, Steve. We visited a place in Manhattan <laughs> that had spe- food from Spain. Oh, yes. okay, okay, gotcha. Was it worth okay. it, John? Was yeah, it yeah, yeah, it was. Thank you. Pre- pre- appreciate <laughs> I, I the call. Have a great yeah, day. Okay. Thank you, Steve. Good stuff. By the way, I learned something oh. else new the other day. Did you know Pearson has dual citizenship? Spain. Absolutely. What? Yes, 100%. Dual citizen. He's a man of the world. I am a dual citizen. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Let's go to Yesman in New Jersey. Yes, man, what's up? Hey, uh, good, good afternoon, gentlemen. I, uh, Hi. That was a it's, it's a tough uh, phone call to follow after that one. <laughs> I wanted to talk about I wanted to talk about fake one, but you know what? I, I think we should just change that. I wanted to thank both of you for putting out content, um, especially great giant content. Um, I've been listening to the player interviews and they're amazing. I thank love you. the um, the Bobby Okarake and the one with the uh, the other linebacker, Beaver. Wow, oh, you were fast on I that one. Like... That one only went up like an hour ago. Good job, yes, man. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, listen. Li- listen, I-, I get the notifications as soon as they come out, and I listen to them because I, I believe that 
I'm a Giants fan, but I'm also, a, a, you know, I'm, I'm a realist. I know that a lot of these reporters put out a lot of clickbait. Like, you know, you guys were talking about the fake one uh, uh, video yesterday, and, and I saw the whole video myself, and I felt like they, they only took out the, you know, the few bits and parts that benefited them. And I Shocking. felt like that's not right. Tr- right. Incredible right, right, surprise. Right. I'm just floored by that. <laughs> uh, you mean to tell me that they would actually do such a thing? Uh, well, we, we know. We don't know how that's how it is, but I'm like, it's just, you know, it's, it's terrible. But anyways, um, I wanted to thank you guys. I also on the Patatas Bravas, they are amazing. I've, uh, my, my, uh, they're great. My wife, my wife's, uh, uh, grandmother, she's from, from Spain. She lives in, in Madrid. She was over about two weeks ago. She made them unbelievable. I feel like, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're really good. Happy now, Pearson? So good. Go ahead, yes, but I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. And, and just wanted to say thank you to you guys and keep putting out great content because it's, uh, it's amazing and I'll keep listening. I've been listening to you guys for a very, very long time and thank you guys. Thank right, you. Appreciate the call. That's great. Appreciate Here's the Here's family interest. also from the outskirts of Madrid, by the way. 201-939-4513. Paul loves the international talk. You see, I'm just, I'm just blown away by this. It's fantastic. This, for, for those of you who get to talk to Pearson on the phone... You know, he, he is... Kira said, this is exactly what I wanted. You know that, right? He's I a, win. He's a big-time New Englander. I win. Okay? <laughs> and and has an affinity and an affection for a lot of New England teams. Is That's a, that's as far as I'm going to go. The yeah. bit lives. So the the, the <laughs> Spain connection yes. is really surprising to me. The, the bit's over. I'm no, a no, dual no. citizen from Canada. No. That's it. There's no Spain involved. No, no, I, don't, oh. I don't even get the joke. No, this is going to be a runny bit. I'm going to make him a dual citizen of random countries throughout the world. Oh. Various episodes. See? And, folks, he fooled me. Yeah. I did. So is, is Canada legit or is that fake? No, that's real. That's real. Well, Canada's legit. Yeah. So he is now our go-to Canada trivia person. Okay. Too, exactly. Yes. Okay. Very good. Any 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 CFL stuff you want to chime in with? Oh, he's a CFL man now too. Go Argonauts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, let's wrap it up with David Michigan. He's our final call today. Hi, Dave. How are you? Good. Hey, Paul. I want to share with you guys, or I'd like to talk about the merits of oregano versus basil in the tomato. <laughs> this is a big food show today. I like it. <laughs> um, no, actually, well. Paul, Paul, Paul knows back from our Fordham days. I, I prefer basil in my sauce. But there you go. There you go. Anyway, listen, on the Saquon thing, I, I know that you guys are staunch defenders. He's prideful. He wants to be a giant for life, et cetera, et cetera. And maybe he's following the agent's playbook now. But between that podcast and taking giants off his social media thing, now he's acting like a child. Okay, so so that's the first thing I want to say. But the second thing I want to say. Hey, look, and Dave, Dave, right, right, just real quick, just remember, this this is just the stuff players do now. It's it's it, no, all I know, these guys have but done it's this. childish. But it's childish. Let's say let let's admit and accept that this is childish behavior on the part of of pro players when when they do this kind of thing. But but here's what I want to say to both Joe Shane and Saquon. Okay. If and I, I hope they were listening, but they are not. Yeah, by the way, they they, they, they are I, not listening, on. Dave. Just for the record. I, I get <laughs> no, but 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 hang on. I get that. I get why Saquon is is frustrated because, for example, I don't know if you guys brought this up, but Saquon and Richie James tied tied for uh, most receptions last year. Right. So that means while he's sitting on the running back tag. He's thinking, I should be on the wide receiver tag. I, I tried the lead for the, with this team for receptions last year. But on the other hand, what I would say to Saquon is, I believe that you're a member of the Players Union, correct? He would say yes. Well, the Players Union represents all of the issues you know, that happen between ownership and players. And one of the things that they negotiated was that in your first uh, four years and five years of, of uh, employment with us, we pay you a princely sum for being drafted second, no matter how many games you're available for. Okay? So he, he, let's face it, Sa- Saquon only was available like half the time, I think, over, over four years or five years. And so he got all that money whether he played or not. Now, Saquon... 
do you want ownership to ignore the things that your union negotiated that that are that are on our side of the ledger? It's like it, it swings both ways. Don't be so selfish and, and unreasonable. No, look, no, again. Saquon's trying to get the, deal, the best deal for him, so I'm not going to call him selfish. He's trying to negotiate the best deal that he thinks is good for him. But the, to your point, the Giants have the right to use the tools that are made available to him by the collective of a bargain agreement that was agreed to by the players and, and, and owners that, that they're using now the way they think best. So I don't think anyone's at fault here. I don't think anyone is to blame. I just think this is business, and this is how it works out. The same thing's happening with Josh I, I, Jacobs in, in, in Vegas, and Josh Jacobs exactly, was the yeah. best running back in football last year. Like, the best. But no if, one was better. Imagine, But imagine if the ownership could say, well, you weren't available. You're injury-prone, so you know, we, we're, we're going to cut you. We don't want to pay. Those are protections for the players because injuries are a part of the game. And, and so the Giants are like, we paid you $38 million, which – and you're only available half the time. And by the you way, and, and by the way, Dave, just for the record, is he's missed 25 percent of his games in five years. 25 percent. Okay. All right. So I'm just but, giving you the right number. Case, okay. No, I stand corrected. But but the but the real issue here is the players want all the protections of the CBA, and they don't want the ownership to execute any of the stuff that was negotiated for them. Of course, Dave. Welcome to labor owner relations in every facet of life, whether it's the players, whether it's bus drivers, whether it's nurses, whatever. This is how labor relations work. This is just how the well, this is how the real world works. It just is what it is. I'm glad I've been a journalist for 40 years and not a labor negotiator. <laughs> That's a very, very intelligent statement right there, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> all right, listen, guys, thanks for all the great work. Can't wait for opening game. Thanks, man. Hey, us too, Dave. Appreciate well. the call, man. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. And look, it's just the way it goes. I mean, it's just the way it goes. I remember many, many years ago, my dad used to say to me, you know, life's not always going to be fair. But you got to play by the rules. The rules are the rules. And when the rules change, you can have a different opinion of the new rules. But as long as the rules are currently in place today, these are the ones that you're going to have to live by. And these rules that were agreed upon by the players and the owners. The owners have the right and the teams have the right to use the franchise tag if they want. It's there. It's there. That's what it is. And until it changes, it's there. I heard, by the way, real quick before we go, I heard the best suggestion. I was listening to the Athletic Football Show. They're really good, by the way. You should listen to them. It's Robert Mays and Nate Tice, ah. who um, mm-hmm. is uh, – remember, we had Robert on at the Combine. He mm-hmm. was really good. Yes, and then Nate Tice is the former Vikings head coach's son. Oh, and, okay. And he used to Mike. Be an assistant. Mike. Yeah, he used to be, he's Mike Tice's son. Okay. He was an assistant coach in the league, you know, usually on the quality control level for like three okay. or four years. So they do like three or four shows a week. They're very mm-hmm. good. So they took a fan question, and their solution to the quote-unquote running back problem and I think this is something the players might actually be able to, the Players Association could do on their own without CBA negotiation. To even out the money a little bit, take wide receiver, tight end, and running back, their tag numbers, average them out, and combine them into one. So that lifts the running back tag number up a little bit, which might make it easier for them to negotiate longer-term mm-hmm. contracts and make teams less or more reticent, pardon me, to put a tag on them because their tag number would be higher. Now, you're going to have to get wide receivers to have their tag number right. willing to go down. Right. Not sure that's going to work. And tight end number would also go up. Because look, I think tight ends generally are probably a little uh. underpaid too, at least the best. Like Travis Kelsey should be making what wide receivers make. He's that good. But that was one interesting <clears throat> idea that I heard. Out of all the ones that I think have been bad ideas, that I thought was the best one to maybe try to help running backs a little bit. The one problem I have there, John, is that we already have some cloudiness regarding tags with positions. Well, and the idea, too, then on defense, do the same thing. Like, average out linebacker and defensive. Because you know how you have the outside linebacker That's my and point. end player? Like, do the right. same thing on defense and try to kind of just mean, make know, bigger Is the categories. guy an outside linebacker or is he a defensive end? Right. And we constantly run into this situation. I mean, was Leonard Williams a defensive tackle or is he a defensive Correct. end? We're running into that cloudiness all the time, which in reality basically tells you, and folks, I'm not going against anybody, it tells you the tag system in itself is flawed. Oh, it's not perfect for sure. You no, know? it's not perfect. So... 
Anyway, Paul, enjoy your last weekend yeah. without football. You too, John. Uh, we're going to get ready to rock and roll next week, and I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. And we do have new times. We're going to start next week, 1.30 on Monday. That is going to be our new time for the first four weeks of camp. 1.30 to 2.30. Until the rules change. <laughs> and then we're going then, then to shift back to 11 o'clock just for two weeks, and then we'll get on to our regular 12.30 regular oh. season schedule. So that starts on Monday. Make sure you're here. Check it out on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Our first players arrive on Tuesday. You have the conditioning test. Practice is Wednesday at 10.45. We'll be live at 1.30 telling you everything that happened at practice yeah. on that day. Make sure you check it out. We'll have coverage of practice all year round. We don't have that live MSG show anymore, so all your training camp information, you're getting it right here, folks. Make sure you tune in to Big Blue Kickoff Live. For Pearson and Paul Dottino, I am John Schmelk. Thanks for being with us. Giant season tickets, by the way, go check them out. Single game tickets, check them out. Uh, you just go online. You can find them both at Giants.com slash tickets and go download the Giants TV, the Giants official streaming app. We'll see you on Monday. Enjoy your last weekend without football. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.